Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today I have Daniel Vickery in the studio with me. He is head of engineering for energy systems at Gogoro. It's like、um, the Taiwan brand of electric scooters. Can、yeah, I say that? Yes, certainly. It's uh, <laughs> maybe uh, I mean there are other electric scooters in Taiwan. Yes, they are. We're, we're very famous recently. Probably have the most electric scooters by far in, in Taiwan right now. Yeah, totally agree. And I, you know, convinced my son to get a Gogoro too. I, I like the fact that Gogoro has you know all these beautiful shades of color.、Mm-hmm. Although my son got a black one. Okay, and then、um, the sound. Mm-hmm. You know this whirring sound. I love that sound. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could say that was by design, <laughs> but it wasn't. That's just the nature of the belt and the motor. But it, it's perfect. It's electric, but it's not annoying. It's not whiny. No, it, it isn't. It sounds like the future. You know. Yeah. And when you hear a bunch of them together, it.、Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds very cool. <laughs> Okay. Um, the colors are interesting one actually、uh, because you know our CEO is、uh, his name is Horace Luke and he's a designer by trade. I see. So he used to work at Nike. He worked at Microsoft、right. on Xbox, and so he's got a very keen sense for that. And、uh-huh. I'm really impressed that the colors we choose they really make the scooter kind of pop. You know、oh, when、exactly. you see all, in Taiwan, of course, on the side of the road, everywhere you go, you see scooters, scooters, scooters parked one by one on the side <laughs> of the road, and the GoGo really pops out because there's there's nothing quite like the color. It's、I、very、know. very distinct. Yeah, there's a light blue, sort of like a sky blue,、mm-hmm. and then there's this green.、Um, What kind of green would you call that? Is that an apple green? No, it's greener than an apple green. There's actually, it's we don't have a green. We have like a a very a yellow. It's kind of an electric yellow. Oh, maybe you could think of it as a green. green. It's、yeah. almost almost green. Okay,、yeah. okay, and there's the orange. Orange, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think there's also pink, right? Pink. We have recently had pink, and I have to say <laughs> that was maybe there was a little contention, you know, in the company there. You know, we actually try to be a little more gender neutral in our marketing.、Mm-hmm. You'll notice this if you look at a typical scooter company in Taiwan. Yeah, they have scooters that are for girls and scooters that are for boys, and generally we we try to make ours a bit more gender neutral. But、uh. Uh, we do have one that is、um, it's more like a kind of a rose, rose color, color, you know. <laughs> Uh, and it's got some other things. It's a little shorter, you know,、mm-hmm. and it's a little easier to move the kickstand or the the main stand actually,、uh-huh. you know, for a woman. So,、okay. so yeah, that was also that was a that was a big seller actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow, that's cool. Anyway, why are you here in Taiwan? Is it because of Gogoro? Yeah.、Um, to be completely honest, the reason I am here. And by the way, where are you from? Oh, I'm from I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, in the、Yay. United States. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Where I was for ten years. Okay. Yeah. All right. And、uh, I ultimately came here because、uh, my my wife is Taiwanese. Oh. Yeah. But but when I first came, she was not my wife. Okay. So here's my very quick story. I, I used to to work in Hong Kong, and when I was in Hong Kong, I, I met this woman who became my girlfriend. I used to fly back and forth between Hong Kong and Taiwan on a regular basis. Eventually,、oh. I decided, all right, I want to make the move. I want to I want to come to Taiwan. This is the place for me, and I wanted to find something I could do here. That would be really meaningful for me. That was kind of a requisite thing. I didn't want to just come over and get whatever job I could find. So I did take about maybe six or seven months to try to find something, and it was a little tough. As an engineer, I really kind of want to work on something that I think is going to create a lot of value for people. 
And a lot of companies in Taiwan have what's called the ODM or OEM model, which is where you're basically building something to some customer specification. Somebody asks you, they want, they want to build something and then you make it for them. And I wanted to work on something that was really kind of my own. And so I looked for a long time and I found out about Gogoro before Gogoro announced their products, these okay. scooters. I looked at some of their patents on the internet. When I saw they were doing something about energy, something about transportation, I thought, that's exactly what I want to do. And so I, actually, I sent a bunch of resumes. I went on the local job site. It's called 104.com.taiwan. Yes. I sent my resume through that. I sent some emails. I sent LinkedIn. And I, I couldn't get any response, unfortunately. From Gogoro. From Gogoro. And that was the only company you tried to apply? Oh, no. I, I, oh, okay. I, I applied to quite a few companies, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But ultimately, it was hard to find something actually that was a good fit. I applied to things like surveillance camera company, you know, chemical recycling company. A lot of times they just weren't looking for someone like me. In my opinion, and this is my perspective or my finding in Taiwan, is that when local companies are hiring foreigners, generally they're looking for some advantage from their foreignness. You know, foreigners and professionals in Taiwan tend to be in international sales or marketing, right? Or some kind of translation, transcription, of yeah. course, education. Uh, but engineers, we got tons of engineers in Taiwan. That's my finding. But but the solution to this was when Gogoro opened their very first store, which was in early 2015, in March 2015, I went to the grand opening. This is down by Taipei 101. And I started talking to people inside. This one man I started talking to, we got in a conversation about batteries, and now batteries is one of the is one of the things I do at Gogoro now. And he said, "Wow, it seems like you know a lot about batteries." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I've been working on that in Hong Kong." And I asked him what he does at Gogoro, and I thought he was like a salesperson, maybe oh. you know, someone who worked in the store. And he said, "Oh no, well, I'm the CEO." <laughs> so I, I accidentally met the CEO at the Gogoro store, and after that. <laughs> You know, it was, it was smooth sailing from there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the story. And then I, I got this job here. And I have to say, it has been the probably the best job I've ever had. I really do feel like I Your can, whole life? In my whole life. Now, oh. my life is maybe not so long. I'm 31. <laughs> but uh, I, I really feel like as an individual, I can have really meaningful and significant impact. It's it's kind of hard to describe how um, how rewarding it is to see all these scooters on the streets. You know, when I started, which is four years ago, there were no Gogoros on the streets. Mm -hmm. And now they're everywhere. Yeah. And I might design some new algorithm for the software, you know, in the in the scooter. And That's your you, job? Uh, my job is I lead a large engineering team at Gogoro. Okay. Right? How many so people is that? It's between 40 and 50 people. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so maybe I should not use the first person pronoun or possessive. I should I should say, uh, you know, we as a team, we might design some new algorithm, some new manufacturing process, some new hardware. And months later, I can see it on the streets or I can mm -hmm. ride it around. And that's, yeah, that's meaningful for me. Yeah. How soon after you started working at Gogoro did you bought a Gogoro yourself? I actually, I gave it a little less than one year. Okay. Because I really wanted to be sure that it was, you know, this was the job for me and it would work out, yeah. you know. When I bought my scooter, this is the first time I ever rode a motorcycle or any kind of two-wheel vehicle ever. In fact, I don't even have a driver's license in the U.S., which is uh. very uncommon. Most people in the U.S. have a driver's <laughs> yeah. license. So I had to take the, you know, the road test here in Taiwan and everything. 
You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Have you always been really concerned about the environment ever since you were little? Uh, no, just... I certainly can't say that. It's something that, <laughs> you know, this is something that evolves over time. And when I spent time working in Hong Kong, of course, what I did is I helped companies build stuff in China, South China, you know, Guangzhou and, and, and the Guangdong kind of Pearl River Delta manufacturing region. And I have to say, I saw so many factories churning out very cheap very fast kinds of throwaway products, you know, a lot of kind of crap, to be honest, you know, and that's not necessarily knock on the factories themselves, but it's just this kind of this whole industry of, you know, uh, products that we buy and we throw away. And as someone who's an engineer, and particularly I'm an electrical engineer by training, I make hardware, I make physical things, I wanted to be really careful about making things that are going to really make a make a meaningful impact on someone's life. I don't want to make something that's going to be a, a mild entertainment and then be thrown away. You know, I want to make something that's going to last for 10 or 20 years. That's kind of how maybe where this started. But, you know, year over year, we keep seeing more and more kind of mainstream news about the way human activity affects the environment. And I also see those around me and I spend more time in nature appreciating. And this kind of just... Maybe it's a self-fulfilling cycle, you know, or self-propagating cycle where this has become a bigger concern for me. I want to find a way to make some impact. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You keep saying that, that you want to do something that is impactful and meaningful. I don't know if you said like for the environment, but I mean, that's definitely a part of you that you're concerned with is protecting the environment and all that. Now, is this like built into you from your parents maybe? I'm just taking a guess. Mm. Yeah, that's hard to say. You know, maybe I, I haven't done so much introspection on this, but I do have to say that, like, I feel very fortunate to have all the opportunities to study in the U.S., to study at, you know, a famous university and things like that. And I feel like uh, I definitely should kind of pay it forward. I should a- apply <sighs> apply all the skills I've gained. You know, I have a scholarship to go to university as well. So you're like an A student. Uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> All right. So, where did you go to? Where did you go to university? I went to MIT. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, it's tough, but I want to start by do no harm in the things that I build. I don't want to cause a lot of pollution. I don't want to waste resources. I don't want to impact people's lives negatively. And the next step is, you know, can can I can I do something that helps people? Mm. I don't I don't want to suggest that I have some grand ambition to do to do great things in the world. You know. I want to just, you know, I'm a human. I like being a human. I like this experience of being a human. I hope other people have the same chance to enjoy being a human and enjoy all the world we have around us. And mm-hmm. if I can somehow do that in my career without doing too much harm otherwise, then uh, yeah, I can sleep easy at night. I'll be happy. Mm. Yeah. So you've only been in town four years or it's longer than that? Four I mean, years. You've been at, oh, okay. So yeah. you. Yeah, pretty much uh, after you arrived in Taiwan, you got the job at Gogoro, right? Yeah, when yeah, I first so. got to Taiwan, there was a little bit of back and forth in between between Hong Kong and Taiwan. I studied Chinese for three months. I did intensive Chinese study. You mean here, here in Taiwan? Here in Taiwan oh. at uh, the English name NTNU, National Taiwan Normal University. Oh, right, right, right. okay. I studied there full time, probably nine or ten hours a day for three months, and then 
I went to go do Go Grow because before then I only knew a little Cantonese from living in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, <laughs> can't really get around with that. No, not here. So, and that that actually worked pretty well. It kind of provides a foundation that I could just kind of once I had that I could kind of learn as I go at Go Grow. How do you think Taiwan has been doing in terms of you know environmentally conscious and you know dealing with environmental issues? What do you think? Uh, I actually think there's a there's quite a bit of leadership here. I mean. There are some ways in which Taiwan lag other countries. For example, when it comes to regulation for pollution from vehicles, we're usually like one regulation behind the EU or something like that.、Mm. But there are quite a few people in Taiwan that are very involved in environmental activities, and a lot of it's at small scale, local farmers and agriculture and things like that. There's a big movement around nuclear energy here that a lot of people are concerned about environmental impacts of that, and the government is,、uh, you know,、uh, has been very active in promoting things like electric vehicles and and kind of new energy technologies and stuff like that. So, I think I I appreciate that, and、uh, I also appreciate that in Taiwan. There are a lot of spaces for public good in terms of an environmental areas that are preserved,、mm, various、yeah. national parks,、mm-hmm. or even spaces around the city that are preserved for for environmental conservation. Yeah, or like for, parks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's changed a lot in the last twenty eight years. I've been back. Well, I was、yeah. thinking about that. You told me you've been back for twenty eight <laughs> years. I thought, wow, you know, you、yeah. must have seen plenty of change here in that、oh, time. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm coming from Hong Kong and China. Where you know Hong Kong, there's basically no space, and Hong、yeah. Kong does does actually have quite a lot of space for reserves, but、oh, okay. I don't think that environment is on the top of their policy list.、Mm. You know, and in China, this is something they've been grappling with after decades of really fast-paced growth. So、yeah. that's kind of a reference point. Yeah, Taiwan. Taiwan has been been very refreshing. I meet a lot of people in the local community that are heavily involved in these various efforts, and in fact, that's how I get connected to your show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we're going to continue talking to Daniel Vickery about Taiwan's environmental efforts within the country and how he sees them from his point of view as an electrical engineer. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. 